Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Have a care, thou monstrous mutant. Thou nearly smote me. Ha, ha, stupid Thor. Hulk not mutant. Sayeth what? Changing from puny batter to incredible Hulk takes gain of information. Mutants lose information. Puny God not know his genetics. Watch thy mouth, monster, or face Mjolnir's fury. Welcome to Believe in the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer, Ed Salzwedell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. I take exception about a puny God because our God is not a puny God. And he does fully understand that there needs to be a gain of information if there ever would be such a thing as the Hulk. He wouldn't be arrived at by mutations. He would be arrived at by a, a super group of new coding. One of the things that gets lost in a whole lot of science fiction films, and, and I loved science fiction when I was a boy, was the idea that you could just have random mutations and irradiate something. They loved to have a nuclear explosion that would cause the transition to a new form. My favorite movie as a boy was Them, in which you had the giant ants that were mutated by being irradiated. But the problem is, now that I'm older and I have a science background, those ants never could have existed. And forget the radiation or anything else, their bodies would, in that proportion and with that makeup, could have never even stood up. Because when you expand something that big, it has to have a proportional exoskeleton that is significantly different and heavier to support that kind of weight. The same would have been true with the Hulk. If the Hulk ever existed, yes, he would be kind of a stout, brutish thing because simply expanding our bone system would never support the type of size and weight of the Hulk. When you look at real engineering, it is not any type of different organism is not going to be arrived at by mutations. It's going to be arrived at by the influx of a huge amount of information, and information does not come from nothing. It does not come by accident. Dr. Harris, what were you thinking about when you listened to that? Well, one of the things that has been done recently is to explore the locations on various chromosomes in various organisms where, where the, the different parts of a, an organism reside. And the evolutionist would argue that the same chromosome, the same location, must be the place from organism to organism, and that's not true. The interesting thing that I find is that in one organism, uh, let's say a slug, you have a particular chromosome that will have a description of an aspect of this anatomy. Well, 
On another organism that might be closely related, you find that the totally different chromosome in a totally different location is where the same information is located. That is not what you expect from one organism is changing into another. The location on different chromosomes of the regions which describe how to form a particular part of the anatomy should be similar from organism to organism to organism and should be changing incrementally, but that's not what we see. Not what we see in genetics. Terry, when you listened to that, what did you... DNA, of course you had the DNA to make Scott and I have the DNA to make Terry. DNA is a set of instructions, an enormously, unbelievably complex set of instructions, but it's a set of instructions, and this is what people really need to understand about mutations. Mutations are copying errors in those instructions. It's like if you're just copying some instructions down and you accidentally delete part of it, or you copy part of it over again, or or just make some errors in part of what you're copying. And who takes a set of instructions and just starts randomly changing things? You know, they take up a, a set of instructions for something that's working, and they just start randomly changing things without even asking the question, where are we going with this? And then coming up with something else, something that's more complex and, and more advanced and better. I mean, that's not how you go from something that's simple to something that's more complex. Instructions for something that's simple and just randomly changing stuff. One of my favorite things to remind people of in this whole discussion of information from randomness is, number one, it doesn't occur. You don't get functional computer programs out of just typing out random symbols. Any computer engineer will tell you that. About four decades ago, a study was done in England that I always loved, in which they put chimpanzees in a room with a bunch of computers with typing pads to where they could type out anything they wanted. And the idea was that they would see how long it would take the chimpanzees typing on these keyboards to come up with sentences just by random, since they didn't know how to talk or anything else, just by random to make a sentence such as something from Shakespeare or anything else like that. This uh, study costs over 250,000 pounds, which four decades ago was real money. They got absolutely nothing intelligible from them typing. Now, the, one of the problems was the chimpanzees didn't type real well on the typewriters. They did like to bang the computers. They did like to defecate on them, but they didn't do a whole lot of typing. But it made the case for you don't get information by chance. You don't get information by randomness. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking about mutations. Can mutations actually create new and functional organisms. Our kids get this. They have been indoctrinated with this. When my son was growing up, he wanted to be a teenage mutant ninja turtle because they had been irradiated with goo and they became something special. Today we have X-Men and the Fantastic Four that are supposed to have been mutated. But mutations do not move the genome forward. They move us backwards. Dr. Harris, if you want to comment on that. 
I think Terry's <coughs> comment that they that we're dealing with instructions and instructions when you mangle them are not good instructions. I think one of my favorite things to say regarding this is is that imagine that you have a cable underneath the ocean carrying a conversation from one side of the ocean to another and as the signal goes from one side to the other it gets degraded with noise. <laughs> Does that actually improve the information content of what is being said by the person speaking? It does not. We know from absolute understanding of that simple situation that noise added to a signal doesn't improve the information content, destroys it. And that's very true. I'm in the process of having my book edited at this point. Why is it being edited? Because it probably needs to fit some kind of a format that the publisher can handle. And there are spelling errors, and there are punctuation errors, yeah. and there's places where it may not communicate something to the public because information does not happen by chance. Even with me trying yes. to communicate things, we will still have errors float into it, and that does not further the information communication, it degrades it. The, the errors don't make the book better? The errors do not make the book better, and in point of fact, if you keep adding errors, sooner or later you have no communication whatsoever. One of the great people in this field pointing up that mutations just don't work is Dr. John Sanford, formerly Professor Emeritus with Cornell University. He, along with another creationist, put together a computer program which is available to people online called Mendel's Accountant. Mendel's accountant does some fascinating things, assuming that we originally had a perfect genome at the creation and have been collecting mutations ever since. Mm -hmm. One of the things that evolutionists lie to themselves in the field is that they assume, because this is the only way it makes sense that life has been on the planet for three billion years and human beings have been on the planet for about a million years is assuming that our genomes are degrading at a rate of about one mutation per generation. The true number of observed, because now let's talk science, is that every generation we fix about another hundred mutations within our genome. Evolutionists don't want to talk about that because it totally blows out of the water their old age ideas. Because what it says is, you can have degradation and you can have change, rapid change in a genome, which they don't want to deal with. But the fascinating thing about Mendel's accountant is that it shows and explains how we've gotten to the current level of degradation in our genome just in the last few thousand years since the bottleneck effect that occurred within our genome at the restart of our society at the flood with just three couples. But it also makes a very sad and sobering prediction in that we will, in the next 6,000 years, if the Lord doesn't come back, and I believe he will, well within that period of time, but it says that we will get to a point to where our DNA is non-functional and we will be extinct. Yeah, do an internet search on genetic disorder. How many hits you get, see what comes up. Hundreds and hundreds. We yeah. thank God for the design he put into us. We're not mutations. We are God's creation. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones-Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.